0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Event Industry News podcast with me, James Dixon, wishing you all a very good morning, afternoon or evening, whenever or wherever you tune in to today's podcast from. And on today's podcast... uh, The subject is websites and um, I wonder whether or not we've become a bit too complacent when it comes to websites with so many other media feeds to to worry about and to think about now in the events industry I wonder whether or not we've maybe just become a little bit complacent when it comes to websites they've been around a relatively long time now compared to some of the other platforms that we use and uh, maybe we're just that used to having them there we've forgotten a little bit about just what they can do for us to maybe discuss this in a bit more detail and offer us a little bit of insight is our guest today. Joining us is Dane Rossenrode. Dane is the owner of a company called Touchstreams and joins us today from his uh, home. I think is it home or office? Dane, welcome to the podcast.
1: It's both. Hi, thank you. Great to be here. Uh,
0: and you are in uh, in Cape Town. I understand in South Africa.
1: Well, I was until recently. Um, okay. We've just we've just moved here a couple of months ago, and oh, I was in oh. Cape Town in January. It was lovely and warm and uh, <laughs> a lot warmer than here <laughs> <laughs> so over in the uk
0: now is that right
1: that's right yeah in london
0: fantastic well great great to have you on board and um i could see you sort of off screen as such at the start of the podcast when i was talking about uh websites have become a bit complacent and i noticed a little sort of nodding of the head taking place there um and but maybe before we get into that, let's put into context what it is that TouchStreams do and what you guys do, because that will hopefully uh, give a little bit of explanation as to why I said that at the beginning of the podcast.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I've been running TouchDreams um, as a website design and development agency for about 10, going on 11 years now. And through that time, we've done all sorts of, of websites, um, you name it, you know, e-commerce sites, Um, sites for product businesses for service businesses agencies firms accounting law anything you can think of we've probably done a website for them and very recently we've started to specialize a bit um, in the events industry in particular we've done a couple of event uh, websites and found them to be a really great fit for the kind of sites that we love to do and yeah, so we we come at it with a better, quite a broad experience, working with a lot of other agencies, as you can imagine over that time. Because mm-hmm. because we do websites, there's a lot of other things that relate to it. Won't go into it, but you know um, what I mean. There's a lot of other services that and things that you need to know about. Um,
0: yeah, yeah, of course, when it yeah. Comes to websites. So you guys, that that's the area that you work in. Your expertise is in in websites, in I guess analysis and um, looking at how effective they are for any given business or any given event in this in this instance um and the subject of complacency I mentioned at the top during the introduction there that as event organisers, now we've got all of these other platforms that we're also managing. You know, we've got uh, LinkedIn feeds, LinkedIn groups, all different social media feeds. You know, we may be using a virtual event platform. We may be using things like Slack and Asana to manage our our workflows and our communications with our team. It, it, is it fair to say that maybe, certainly the events industry, have we taken our eye off the ball a little bit when it comes to websites and and how good they are and whether or not they are optimised for for what they should be doing?
1: Yeah, I think it's I think it's very easy to get complacent, but it's also very easy to get overwhelmed with the options out there. There's so many different ways of not just getting a website made or making a website yourself, but also all the other things that are alternatives to that. You don't even these days you don't necessarily even need a website. There are other alternatives um, that are not always appropriate. And even when you you know you need a website, there's so many different ways of getting it made. Um, so many different types of companies and people professionals that will be Mm -hmm. willing to do it for you in so many different ways and and they can be quite technical and quite scary so it's completely understandable if we want to kind of step back and uh leave it to somebody else to deal with uh and and if we have one already to use what we've already got instead of thinking what we should we do this year for our event or this this time around um Mm -hmm. so it's yeah i think i think a lot of a lot of us are um, and it's easy to be overwhelmed and but it doesn't need to be like that just with a little bit of knowledge about the different options you've got can go a long way to making yourself feel comfortable and prepared to take a step in whichever is the right direction that you need for for your event
0: now, now something interesting you mentioned there you mentioned you know, do, do people may not even need a website now what Can businesses really contemplate not having a website? What what the options are there? How would how would they know if they need one or they don't need one as an event?
1: Right. So there are and there are a lot of options that aren't necessarily getting your own website. And often you for most of events, especially if they're public events, you do need a website, but you don't always. So you can even answer this for yourself in your own head. Um, think about you've got traditional media, you know, you've got radio, you've got ads, um, newspapers, all of that kind of thing. So those are the first options. And a lot of events go that route. They just they let the event um, be known through those public channels. Then you've got social media. So you could just have your, so your Facebook page or your um, on any of your social media platforms. You can just put the information out there. Then even if you want to go for a website but you don't want to do it yourself you don't want your own one of course you've got those big platforms like eventbrite and those ticketing websites that that have all kinds of events on them Um, and you can if you have your site there then you kind of get a a one-page event site very simple but it's an alternative to having your own site and then and then of course you've got if you if your company has its own site already, you could just put your information there, maybe on the blog part of it, or if you can, on the homepage of your site. So these are all alternatives to actually having your own event site. Not necessarily right for you, especially if you have a large public type event. If you need to sell tickets, you you need a website. But there are alternatives, and so it's good to know. And, and sometimes you want all of those. Sometimes you actually want to put your event out on so, you know social media, on on the radio, and everywhere you can. So you have your yes. website, and it becomes the core but then everything else kind of points people to that.
0: Yeah, do do, do you think there's a a mindset here that we maybe need to adjust? I'm not gonna say change, but maybe just tweak and adjust a little bit here because all the things that you just mentioned, uh, Eventbrite, let's use them just as an example. You know, a lot of people will be familiar. They've either bought or used that platform at some point. And you can create effectively, you know, like a landing page for your event where you can brand it up. You can put pictures. You can put an event logo. You can put all of the information related to your event timings, arrival details, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. You can also do that on a Facebook page listing and on an event listing there. All of those elements are online. They're on the Internet. Therefore, they are, in essence, a website already, aren't they? What we're talking about here is having a specific website for your event or not having a specific website and utilizing other sites. Um, It's that slight sort of adjustment to mindset in understanding that having a Facebook page is in effect having a website because it's online.
1: Exactly, exactly. And so they're often a lot of those are essentially like a one page site for your event and they're quite simple. Um, whether it's Facebook or Eventbrite or some other platform, they're quite simple and what you can actually put there. So often you'll know you'll need your own website when you need all the things that you can't put there. And the key one is, especially if you've got sponsors or partners for your event, they're going to want their logos on your site, and they're going to want them to look good, and they're going to want to be equal. They're not going to want, if they're a headline sponsor, they're not going to want to be the same size as your lower tier sponsors. So you're going to have to figure out the best way to present those. So that's just one example. But of course, you've got um, speaker information. You've got uh, your your venue information and the, maybe a site map of your or a, a map of the area. Um, you might have um, performers. You might have a schedule. So there's so many things that you might want that you can't put on those other simpler platforms. And in those cases, you'll know you need either to build a website yourself in-house or you're going to need to get someone to make it for you, because you know, Facebook or Eventbrite's just not going to cut it.
0: Sure. Yeah. Now, I suppose th- th- that's that's where, I don't know if you if you actually build as well, or if it's, it's merely, or if it's a sort of the analysis side of things, but how would your, your sort of engagement process begin with a client? Do you go in and analyze what they may have as an existing website and then advise where they might be able to go or change or a different platform provider that could deliver a better website for them? How does the process work with you?
1: Yeah, so we are, because we're a website design and development agency, we work with our clients to make websites, generally, either making them from scratch or redesigning them. So if they have, if, if anyone, if you already have a, an event website, or your own website for your business, the first question is, how well is it working for you? You know, is it performing? And I think to answer that, you kind of got to know what you want out of it. So how many people are visiting your sites? And then mm. how many of those are taking the action that you want? Um, what we in the industry would call conversions. So if especially if you have an event, you might think, okay, maybe we need um, we're expecting 100,000 visitors to a site and we want to get half of those buying a ticket just as an example, so a 50% conversion rate. Um, so that, that conversion rate will tell you how effective your site is, among other things. Um, and so the, so what we would first do is, is go through that discussion, figuring out how well is it working for you compared to what you expect, compared, in, compared to your competitors, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then if it's not working, and there's a lot of other technical things you can measure, of course, performance and security. We won't go into that. But if the website's not working as well as you want it to or as well as your competitors are, or that kind of thing, then we need to start figuring out why and what we should do differently. Um, if, we're, if we're talking an event, you might want to redesign the event for the next year, or just revamp the existing one, or just tweak it, add information from next year's event to this year's website. So there's a couple of different options if you have a, an, a, a website for your event and you want to just update it. But the, the, the short answer to that is, you know, we're going to look at what could be better. We're going to look at sure. what is it missing, the, the, the journey that a, a visitor might take when they land on the site. Um, So we actually put ourselves in the mind of them and and go through the site. Um, I I can go into more detail another time, but essentially, yeah, we put ourselves into the mind of the consumer, the, the visitor, and think, what are they looking for? What do we want them to do? And are they going through the site in that process and actually taking that action, whether it's to book a ticket or register or submit a request to be an exhibitor, you know, whatever kind of action that we want them to take. So that's kind of the initial process that we go through there.
0: Is it difficult doing what you do given that so many people now will consider themselves to be tech savvy and we may be familiar with something like a WordPress, you know, uh, 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 that 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 kind of template, or even the sort of the easy sort of drag and drop builders like Wix or, you know, all of the companies one-on-one, go yeah, GoDaddy, they've, they've all got sort of drag and drop options now where somebody could have said, you know, in half an hour, have a website up there. Um, I, I guess doing what you do now, there the, the must be a certain element of maybe not convincing that has to be done, but yet having a very reasoned uh, argument and sales pitch as to why somebody now needs a a specific company rather than just say, well, I can do that myself.
1: Yeah, that is such a great question. It's one of the really important questions here. And I always say, if you can get something built in-house as in yourself or one of your employees or one of your team, um, and if you know that you can do it well enough, the person you or the person is technical, tech savvy enough and design savvy enough, go ahead, if, if your budget is small, and, and, and this will help you to put money into other places better, if you can reuse that money in, in other ways, like through marketing or through, you know, promotions of some kind, maybe PR, maybe that's a good way to go. Um, but I said, and what I said earlier is, is key here. Do you have someone who's A, tech savvy enough to learn the tool? So whether it's Wix or Squarespace or, or, or yeah. um, WordPress, which is, you know, taking it to another level. If you're doing it yourself, it's going to take quite a long time to learn that tool. Um, especially if we're talking WordPress and you're going to do it yourself. Um, so that's the first thing, if you're tech savvy enough to learn it and just pick it up uh, fairly quickly. Then the second question is the design. And this is the key the key one here. Those tools definitely make it easy enough for anyone to do. So anyone can make a website with Wix or Squarespace or even WordPress and some of the other competitors as well. No question. Um, it's, but it's not just about what you can do. It's not just what the tool can do. I mean, imagine you're a you want to fix your house, you want to do repairs and a professional to, um, a professional handyman gives you their box of tools. Sure, you've got the tools to do it and you yeah. might even be able to figure out how to use the tools, but you don't necessarily know what the end result is supposed to be. So this is often the part that people need us the most. It's to figure out what does it actually need to look like and how does it need to work? Because it's one thing to be able to build it. It's another thing to be able to build it in such a way that it it looks great and it works for the visitors. So that's something that, that we are particularly good at then. It, it, and and anyone in the industry who is a professional will be good at. And that is to figure out the different pages and the different sections and the different call to actions. And that's, you know, the buttons and the and the ways that they can take action in the forms. What they should they look like and how do we how do we compose the different pages? What do we put on the home page versus the above page versus the ticket page, et cetera, et cetera? So so the short answer is yes, if you can and you have very limited budget, give it a try if you're struggling and you're not sure what it needs to look like and you need some design help then you'd probably need an agency to help you or just to, to create it for you and if you've tried it in the past and failed well <laughs> then yeah. then maybe you know you need need to get
0: some help uh, so so will you will you work with uh clients who have built a website using you know one of those platforms they've done it themselves will will, will you happily work with them in a consultative you know way to 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 maybe guide them without actually changing completely what the website is i.e where it's hosted and how they've built it
1: yeah uh that is definitely an option we do that sometimes um so we in that sense we're effectively just providing the design service and um different and i i don't want to just speak for myself i want to speak for the industry which is that different agencies and freelancers are going to have different services and some of them are going to say okay we'll build it for you but we're only going to build it in wordpress or we'll design it for you, but you'll need to get someone else to build it. So different professionals are going to have a different way of working. Yeah. Um, we, we like to use a p- certain ways of building sites. We have a particular preference for Webflow. I mean, we built websites in all kinds of things, as you can imagine, over the last mm. few years. We, we've really started to love Webflow. So we've done a lot of websites in Webflow recently, um, but we still work on a lot of WordPress, Drupal sites, Shopify sites, and, and that kind of thing. So, different different agencies are going to give a different answer to that and if someone just needs some design help um a lot of agencies like like ours will be happy to sit with you and just work with you for the couple of hours that you need but that's very rare that that's all that's needed so we do need to ask what exactly is the outcome that we want here um mm.
0: it's yeah. the, the, what the one thing that that is is prevalent at the moment, that springs to mind from from a, certainly when we're talking about websites, is is the amount of other platforms that event organisers now use, which no doubt you're coming across, and and the ability to for those all of those different platforms and sites to integrate with it with one another. That that could be a, a virtual events website, it could be a, a registration provider that's providing registration for you know a big conference or a trade show, something like that. Um, is, is this having uh, what sort of impact is that having on the design process of actually putting an event website together? Given the amount of other things that they want to integrate with it now, and, and has the design process changed because of that? I I would say it has. the the kind of the kind of platforms that do
1: all of this all in one. There are a couple of them out there. You might have heard heard of them. For instance, um, Cvent is a big one. They yeah. do. Um, they 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 do a. They're a platform that provides a lot of different services, event services. Another company that does similar things, but they're more of an agency that provides the the, the building and the development. But they also provide a platform as ASP. They do ASP events. They also do a lot of um, yeah. conferences and big uh, events yes. and that kind of thing. And what they do is they integrate what you were talking about. They integrate a lot of things beyond just the website itself. They'll do the ticketing. They'll do the marketing. They'll do the um. T- um the point of sales as the the registration as you're walking in to the um that kind of thing they yeah. they, they provide a lot of other services and and of course analytics data metrics and when you and, and what this does is you if you can if you if there's budget for it you can buy into this platform you get all of those services in one go which is great um but there's a there's two problems one is is if the event doesn't actually have the budget for that because those platforms are not necessarily um that cheap, you know. Yeah, sometimes, they yeah, can be quite
0: yeah, yeah. We've got budget and, budget constraints. So that's the first
1: thing. You just consider the budget constraint. Can you even afford that for your event, or do you want to use the money in a different way? in, in a, you know, maybe you can use sure. money better. The other question is complexity. Um, those platforms are incredible in what they can do, but they're also really complex because of that. So sometimes you don't need all of those services. Sometimes you, you, you often most websites will need ticketing. And the good news is that there's a lot of great ticketing platforms out there. Um, and New Tickets is a great one that I've come across recently. Uh, mm. and, and they they have really nice integrations for existing websites. So if you need a public event with your speakers and your your program and your exhibitors and your, your partners and sponsors and that, you have the website and you have ticketing. And and what a lot of sites even do is they'll, they'll also have something like an Eventbrite page. And then they can pass... Mm visitors on from their website to the Earned By page. So you've got to ask how many of these services do you really need? If you need if you need information like metrics specifically, you either want to use a, you know, a form plugin, like there's a lot of great form plugins out there and they integrate really nicely and easily with your website. Or um, you want to get that information through something like more specific, more data heavy, like Google Analytics. There's a lot of other platforms out there like that. So it's just a question of how many services do we really need? And is it worth going through that route of getting, of going through that complexity or um yeah, so so there's a lot of options out there, but I think a lot of the time we actually just want to keep it simple. We actually want we want a site that's gonna be good for our visitors, good for our sponsors, and easy for us to look after so that we can keep it you know updated and keep our visitors
0: excited. Mm. and i guess that there is very much no one size fits all approach to this in any way shape or form even two events that on the face of it may be very very similar you know a conference a trade show whatever it may be you know that they could look very similar to to, to the from the outside but they may have very very different objectives as to what they want to achieve from from their website so so i guess it's
1: exactly
0: the the, the question that people ask is how, how do i how do i know if it's good enough how do i know if, if this is if this if this is working for me and i suppose you you've got to know from the outside what their objectives are from the website and i wonder whether or not you've ever spoke to clients where they themselves actually till you ask that question they don't actually know what they want from their website they just assume <laughs> they need to have one
1: exactly exactly and um, we, we touched a little bit earlier on the sort of things that you could ask yourself to know if your site's doing well for instance what portion of your visitors are you expecting to actually book. And that's gonna depend on your event. Certain yeah. types of events, you're gonna expect people, you know, certain kinds of events, you're gonna expect people to, if they're specific to like a trade show, for example, people that visit the site know that they wanna book for that event. So you're gonna expect a high conversion rate. Other mm-hmm. public events, everyone, Joe Public might be visiting your site. So you're you're gonna expect a lower percentage of those people to actually book tickets. Um, and then to go back a step, and this is key here, before we even have visitors visiting our site. You actually have to figure out how are you getting people to the site because if you've just built a mm-hmm. site for yeah. your event and you're getting low numbers of visitors and low numbers of book, ticket bookings, you're going to have to ask what are we doing to get the word out there? Because and if, I would say a, a great website without good marketing is like it's like having a store a shop down a side street with little traffic, little. You know, people walking past. No one is going to know it's there, no matter how good it is. Only the one or two people walking past are going to know. And it's the same with the website. You're going to have to, having a website alone is not enough. You're going to have a great marketing effort to bring people to the site. And then the site can only do its job there from the people who visit the site. So so we have to take those as two different um, things to focus on, getting people to the site and then making sure the site does its job.
0: That's, that's, that's a great point to raise because it seems really obvious, but it's one of those really obvious points that until you sort of put it in that context, the, the, the shop context, you know, I, I'm sure people will have just listened to that and thought, oh, yeah, that's a very good point. You know, we're, <laughs> we're all under this illusion, aren't we, that, oh, there's the website, it's on the internet now, therefore people will find it. But, you know, like you said, the best shop in the world, but down a dark back street yeah. that nobody knows is there. <laughs> it's only ever going to be a really great shop to the two or three people stood in it who are working there. Um, exactly. But to no customers uh, I- at all.
1: And I usually take that analogy a little bit further. It, it, it breaks down a little bit for events, but I think the same thing is actually really helpful to visualize. I always say, think of your website like your actual store. If you don't have a physical store yet, imagine you had a store, whether you're selling products or services, and people could you know, walk in the front door at any time. What do you want them to see? What do you want them to feel? What do you want them to hear? And you know, do you have shelves of products? Do you have someone sitting at a desk? That's welcoming them. If it's a service agency, maybe like what posters you have on the wall, like what do you want them to feel as they walk in, and how are they going to be greeted? And then what would that first person that speaks speaks to them, if it's a shopkeeper, a salesperson, or the front desk, the person at the front desk, what would they say? How would they welcome them? And what questions would they ask? What are you here for? What do you? What would you like? How can I help you? Um, and etc. Do you have something in mind already? Those kind of things take that same idea of how your sh- your store or physical you know premise would be mm-hmm. uh, that visitors would walk into and now translate to that to your website does your website feel the same you know are people feeling as welcome are they getting are they, are their questions being answered in the same way um so it's it's always quite helpful to think about imagine that physical space and then think is my website doing as good of a job as my perfect store or mm. you know office that people could walk into
0: yeah, uh, uh, absolutely. And, and, and that, that sort of landing experience. One of my pet hates with event websites is when you go on there and it takes you more than 30 seconds to a minute to find out when and where the event is taking place. <laughs> yeah. It's just a, it's, it's a personal opinion. But I think that any event, you know, front and center should be when and where. Because that, yeah. d- you know, d- d- I've been at music festival websites Definitely. that are particularly guilty of this. I think sometimes they can get very design heavy and they look fantastic. But the amount of times I've had to scroll or click or go through <laughs> different things, and it's taken me 30 yeah. seconds to a minute to actually find out when and where it is, which to me is is absolutely critical information. It should be, you know, front and center, in, in I my own say. opinion. Uh, I'm, I'm just, just wondering the... what you think should be there front and center.
1: Yeah hundred you, percent. You definitely want to have that basic information when and where and what it's about, because not everyone who goes to the site is going to know exactly what it's about. Maybe they would have heard of it, but, you know, they're still not completely clear on what the conference. And, and no matter how clear you think your conference is in your mind or your event, visitors might not be sure what it's all about and if it's relevant to them. The other mm-hmm. piece of piece of information that I'd always put near the top. Um, it's not really information. The thing that I put at the top is a, a call to action because some people who are visiting your site are going to want to take action immediately. Not not everyone, of course. You're going to have different types of visitors. Some are visiting. Maybe it's the third time they're visiting, and this time they're visiting the site. They've they've decided they're going to book a ticket. The first thing that they want to see is a you know um, you know book my ticket link, register link, take you straight to the form, uh, the the booking form, the registration form. But other mm. kinds of visitors, because you're going to have lots of types. Um, Some of them are going to be skeptical. Some of them are going to be not sure if they want, not sure if it's worth it for them. So you're going to have to think, you know, earlier when I talked about, you know, putting yourself into the mind of the visitor and taking the journey through your site like them, it's not just one visitor. There's going to be a couple of different kinds. So try to flesh out, you know, what types of visitors are going to arrive at my site? What are they expecting? Each type. And what do I want them to do as well for each type of visitor? The ones that mm. just want to take action, which is quite a high commitment, versus the ones that want to, um, that don't want to take an action yet. They don't want to commit yet. They they just want to browse around for a bit. And then maybe you want to hook them in some other way. Um, since they're not going to commit to something, maybe you want to just share your social media with them so they can follow the event on social media
0: and then come mm. back another day to book. Mm. So something um, that, that I wanted to, to, to ask is, Analytics is a, is a huge subject in its own right in the events industry um, and the amount of data that, that that's being collected via all of the different platforms that event organisers are using now. Um, and we, we spoke a little bit earlier on about, you know, conversion rates, for example, you know, X amount of people who have visited my website and I want... You know 50 percent of those or 40 percent of those to convert into people who either buy a ticket or register for the event um it, it, are we at a stage now where we can see for example uh returning visitors in the sense that let's say i'm running a trade show i've got people who've registered for the event in advance but who will also likely revisit the website nearer the time to look at th- things like the agenda who's speaking and at what time what are the timings is there a cloakroom you know all that sort of event information are we able to now sort of disseminate you know who is who and 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 is that visitor a registered visitor who's looking at some information or is, have I missed a potential uh new, new registrant that, um, if that makes sense for sure yeah and you're spot on um that is exactly the route that
1: analytics platforms have gone these days where you can actually look at different types of people um, that have visited the site before, what they've done, and not just who visited the site before, but also who's been on the site for a while and where they've gone, the sort of journey that they've taken through your site, what they've kicked on, how long they've spent on each page. And, of course, if you have an event, you you don't necessarily just want to use the standard analytics that are out there, like Google Analytics or another good one is Matomo, for example, because those are very generic. They're for all kinds of um, websites. So... If, you've, if you're using some kind of booking or ticketing platform, you're gonna to wanna to tie that in. And a lot yeah. of those ticketing and booking platforms or the event software um, that we mentioned earlier, they'll have this kind of thing built in. They'll have a huge, often a huge amount of information um, telling you what all about those visitors what they've clicked on what they've and, and it'll tie back to the information ideally and this is what you need you need to tie it back to the information that they put in the registration form so that you're saying this is this kind of visitor because they filled in these you know these things in the yeah. uh, the registration form and then you want to contrast that so you're saying okay visitor type a um they spent they went through these types of pages on a site visitor type b went through these types of pages so you kind of submit segment them yeah. the only thing i would caution here with all of this is that it can be really overwhelming um, I'm sure a lot of you are listening thinking, you know, that's that's a huge amount of effort. Like how would I even know what to look at? What information? And that's a key thing. So what I always say to my to my clients is start with just getting an idea of what the analytics platform can do. So if you have a um, Google Analytics as an example, excuse me, um, just explore it a little bit, just you know, play with it in essence, figure out what it could do and then put it away, you know move away from your computer take a pen and paper or however you like to take your notes and go and write down the questions that you want but specifically the questions that you'd like answered that will lead to some kind of action because what's the point of information if it's not going to result in something that you can do so you want to ask questions like you know which speaker as an example this is maybe not necessarily the best example which speaker was the most popular of people Mm -hmm. clicking on or which sponsors did people click on and then you can use that information in either highlighting those or thinking maybe I need to put more focus in a different place on the site or a different speaker or exhibitor or something. So you want to ask, think of questions that you want to ask that you can actually take action on and then go back to your analytics platform and see if you can answer those questions. Did visitor type A spend this much time on on this, get this you know, speaker, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, you need to you need to actually separate yourself to not get too confused and overwhelmed with all of the information at first and just ask <laughs> yourself those simple questions.
0: You, you mentioned um, quite, quite near the beginning, Dane, that, um, you know, you, you began the, the the journey as a business, as a, you know, as a, as a website builder and doing what you do, but it's moved into I- events. Um, and maybe before we sort of wrap up today, I'm conscious of time, but uh, before we wrap up, you know, what what led you to sort of, adjusting the focus and seeing that you know perhaps event websites needed um this sort of extra bit of tlc uh was there a sort of a light bulb moment or was it just something that you you saw on a number of sites you thought there might maybe an opportunity here more
1: more the latter than the former um we here in the uk it's a lot of the businesses that do really well they have a particular niche a particular a particular specialty which makes them kind of invaluable to their market the people in their group know them they know they're experts they can trust them because others in their market have used them before and they worked they did great work so from for a lot of like general business reasons it makes a lot of sense to have a specialty and we've done that we've done a couple of event websites before this and um we we found that they were really the they were really great and they were great match to the type of websites that we liked to do, you know, the, right. the size and complexity of the websites and the design as well was really fun. It was the type of websites that we liked like to work on. Um, and the other thing is events, the events industry is there's a lot of scope for, for doing great websites that we noticed. And there was also a lot, not a lot of, there was a sort of gap. We've we've been speaking to a lot of people in the industry since we started um, going into it and and working with people in the industry. And we we hear a lot of the the same thing over and over, which is that a lot of the the event planners and organizers will use either the big, big um, platforms out there, like the ones that we mentioned earlier, the C events and the ASPs and those kind of things, or they'll do it themselves. Bring it in-house, they'll do it in Wix or Squarespace or just use Eventbrite or WordPress or something like that. And there's not a lot in between. A lot of um event planners who want something really beautiful and excellently designed it's a it's a it's they want to work with an agency who knows events but does great websites and then can integrate with other tools as needed there's just no almost almost no one who does that and and so we figured we'd love to be that agency that in the event industry can kind of just rely on and and can go to because they know that you know we've done this before and we know what we're doing and we're easy to work with so yeah
0: and I guess that that I, 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 best, uh, compared to other industries that you could be working with in terms of doing websites, you yourselves are a creative industry. You know, web design is a, is what, is a creative industry and you're working with another creative industry ultimately, aren't you? So mm. that, I guess that yeah. there is, even though you're doing two different jobs, there is probably a commonality of language and and inspiration and a desire to do something creative. So from that point of view, you know, you, the, 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 there's I guess there's often a synergy when you're working with event clients.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Great people to work with. Everyone I've spoken to. It's it's been really interesting. And I love attending events and conferences and that kind of thing. Every time I speak to someone who's organized one, there's this great energy, um, this great sort of creative focus. And the fact that they get to improve it every year. Most most events are annual. So they get to improve it every year is, is something that's exciting to them and therefore exciting to us.
0: Absolutely. We've been speaking on the podcast today to Dane Rossenrode, the owner from Touchstreams, um, about, well, whether or not your website is good enough. Um, have we taken our eye off the ball a little bit when it comes to websites and become complacent with all of these other uh, platforms that we've got available to us and, and that we're using? And uh, and how perhaps Dane and the team at Touchstreams could, uh, could be assisting you if you are an event organiser looking to either revamp, redesign, or just understand a little bit more about what your website does, how it presents itself to your clients. Dane, thanks very much for for taking the time out of your day today on a, on a no doubt busy Monday that when we're recording this to uh, to have a chat with us. If people want to find out oh, more um, about you, about the company, how, how do they get in touch and how do they find you?
1: For sure. Um the main thing I'm gonna point you to is straight to our website. We have social media platforms and some others, but the main thing that we're we're working on right now and, and um we want people to visit is our website, which is touchdreams. So that's you know, like you touch, you feel, and dreams like at night dot co uk. So it's one word touchdreams.co.uk.
0: Fantastic. So uh, yeah, head over there, everybody, and uh, and I'm sure that you'll see when you, when you land on there all all of the the, the key bits of information and key tips that we've been discussing and and, and have touched on today um, will be relevant there, and no doubt the ability to get in touch with Dane and the team at Touchstreams if you want to find out a bit more about them, of course. On the very subject of websites, we should give a little plug for our own. If you are listening to today's podcast via your favourite podcast audio platform, thanks very much for tuning in and listening to today's podcast. Don't forget to head over to eventindustrynews.com for the latest news, features, special supplements, and of course, the legendary A to Z supplier directory. Uh, In terms of special supplements, I should give a mention to the Sustainable uh, Buyer's Guide that's been published very recently, an annual uh, special uh, supplement that is produced by Event Industry News that has now led to the creation and the launch of event sustainability live the brand new trade show that event industry news launched just a few weeks ago that's going to run in november alongside event tech live so those two shows will be now next door and sort of co-located in excel at london so whether you work in the event tech sector and you're looking for the latest in event technology or you're looking to find out more about How you can make your own events more sustainable, which is a huge subject and a huge area of consideration for all event organisers, regardless of the size of event at the moment. You can now go to Excel London in November and check out Event Tech Live and Event Sustainability Live, two shows co-located next to each other. Go and find out a little bit more about that. It's EventTechLive.com and EventSustainabilityLive.com. Com for both of those which brings us neatly and nicely to the end of today's episode our thanks once again to mr dane ross and road from touch streams for joining us today my name is james dixon it's been a pleasure as always and i will see you on the next edition of the event industry news podcast goodbye everybody